0: You are now listening to the Legends Lingo Podcast, presented by Student Union Sports. Here are your hosts, Al and Power. Enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Welcome back in Legends Lingo Podcast, episode 216, presented by studentunionsports.com. Make sure to check out everything on StudentUnionSports.com from the blogs to the podcast and everything else that's going on in between. And if you are interested in starting up your sports writing, sports media career, make sure to hit up the boys at Student Union Sports. Liam Smith is the guy that can get you started, whether you are just getting out of high school or you're in college or you're in your late 20s, early 30s, or even late 30s, late 40s, whatever age you are. For high school again, that Mm is. Make sure that you reach out and be a part of the family. It's a good time. Alan Hegan here, Tom Powder Cadmus here with a new haircut, Tom Powder Cadmus looking clean. Thank you. What what's what's the terminology these days? I don't know. What are the kids using? I have no idea. I, 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 I should probably know better because I work yeah. with kids all day. Um trying to think what, what the term would be. I, I don't I don't even know because hmm. mid would be like it's it's like it's just whatever. Yeah. Bustin? Is, is that it? Like, I, I sound uh, like such an old, but no, but like, oh, god,
1: we're gonna sound so old when this one comes out.
0: Oh, I know, we're gonna, I'm no, no, I'm gonna sound old, I'm gonna sound like I'm 50. You're good, you still got the, the 27 thing still going for yeah. you, so you're okay. Or 26, I, I forget how old you are. Are you 26 or 27?
1: 26, turned 27 this year,
0: okay. So, yeah, oh, yeah, you're like three and a half years younger than me. I, yeah. I, I forgot about that. Holy cow. But, But anyways, besides us feeling old, there's a lot of stuff going on in the Boston sports world. And real quick, just to kind of plug it in, if you didn't catch last week's episode, we had Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald on talking all things Patriots. So if you missed out on that, make sure to go back, listen to episode 215 on all podcast platforms. It was a good episode. Very informative. So I highly suggest you go check that out. Powder, first topic. What do you want to do? We got all four Boston sports teams that we can talk about. Which one do you want to talk about first?
1: Let's get the team that's off to a
0: horrible start out of the way. Okay, so the Boston Red Sox are 2-4. and they played two series so far, both at Fenway Park. They opened up with the Baltimore Mm -hmm. Orioles, came off a really discouraging opening day loss, a 10-9 loss to those pesky Orioles. And then got a gift from up above when Ryan McKenna dropped a potential game-ending fly ball in left field off the bat of Masataka Yoshida. Then Adam Duvall hits a walk-off two-run home run. Red Sox get their first win of the season. And then take the Orioles series, two games to one, with a 9-5 win on Sunday afternoon. So the vibes are high. And then the Pittsburgh Pirates come to town, and you think, okay, this should be a series the Red Sox should take care of. The Pirates aren't that good. Who do they have? O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, they added Carlos Santana in the offseason. Andrew McCutcheon's back. Andrew McCutcheon's back. I even forgot about that one for a second. Yep. So you think, okay, their pitching's not that good with the Pirates. So you're like, all right, the Red Sox should take two out of three in this series. They're probably not going to sweep, and that's fine. A sweep happened, but it happened for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pittsburgh Pirates coming away with a 7-6 to six victory, I believe, on Monday. Yes, you are correct. And then two four to 4-1 defeats, both on Tuesday night and Wednesday afternoon. Mm-hmm. So we're recording this after the Red Sox got swept on Wednesday, April 5th, about 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <clears throat> I have my thoughts. But, Powder, before I give my thoughts, I want your opening take on the Red Sox start of the season, 2-4. and four. I can guess it's going to be... Pretty negative, but I still want to hear if you have any positive, just overall thoughts on the Red Sox first six games.
1: Well, I think the one positive takeaway is how Adam Duvall's hitting to start the season. He's been hitting the ball very well start the season, but it's kind of what Red Sox fans all predicted coming into the season. It's the Red Sox would hit, which they've hit. Obviously, two four to one losses, only scoring one run in each game is. You're not scoring a ton, but still, I think the offense is going to be fine. But pitching just the Red Sox don't have pitching. They, I feel like the way a lot of games are going to go are how Monday's game when a seven to six loss, they're going to score a good amount of runs. And if they get any pitching, they could win, but they're not going to get that pitching. And it just, I, th- I just feel like this, these two open series are kind of stuff like it's going to be what the whole season's like they might win some series here and there that we'll feel good about but then they're going to lose a lot of series and not play very well so I just it's disappointing to see because obviously you're every season everybody I don't care who you're a fan of you're optimistic to start the season thinking they can come out hot and maybe play well and you have some something to look forward to but Red Sox just I don't think they're going to be good
0: this year What was the phrase I used last year a lot, Powder? Trying to think. Consistently inconsistent? Yep. I used that a lot last year, and I'm going to use it again this year. The Boston Red Sox are once again playing themselves into a consistently inconsistent season. Because let's take a look at the first six games. First four games of the season, you scored 33 runs. That's 8.25 runs per game in those first four games of the season. They're hitting the ball. And they're hitting it well. Adam Duvall got AL Player of the Week Mm -hmm. because of the first week he had. But then you finally get some decent pitching. Nick Pavetta was okay on Tuesday. Corey Kluber looked much better in his second start. Five Five innings, I think he gave up two runs. But then the offense is nowhere to be found. So if your offense is having good days, your defense is having some good days, and your pitching's having some good days. If they're not all on the same day, it doesn't matter. Because you need to put that all together. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: And that's the thing. The Pittsburgh Pirates series, I know it's the second series of the year, but you should be embarrassed by the fact that you got swept on your home field in the second series of the season because you couldn't get more than two runs in the last two games. Yep. You scored one run since the opening inning of game two. It's embarrassing. Especially with the way this offense is supposed to be. You have you have these guys like Rafi Devers that are coming up empty with runners in scoring position. Yeah, he's getting his hits. Don't get me wrong, like he's he's hitting fine, but he's not getting those big hits. You have Masataka Yoshida that's having trouble driving up pitches, driving pitches up in the zone. You have Christian Arroyo that's off to a slow start. And like you mentioned, Powder, you have the pitching staff that can't put it all together. Yep. And especially like opening day to me is the perfect example. They get down early, they get down big early, so they trot out in no particular order Ryan Brazier and Caleb Ort, and they still had a chance to win the game. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now imagine if Alex Cora manages that game to win and brings in your better relievers. Maybe you win that game. And that's that's playing Monday morning quarterback, which I know we'll talk about the Patriots in a little bit, but yeah. that's playing, <clears throat> you know, the coulda shoulda woulda game. But I'm telling you right now, if you're a Red Sox fan like we are, we are we're not happy. And can we really expect it to get better right now? I, I mean, I'm gonna ask you, Powder, can we can we expect it to be to get better? Should we expect it to get better?
1: I mean, like you said, if they get a little more consistent. With having stuff line up where they had their pitching looks good for a day and they hit, then yeah, they'll it can get better. But I just don't think they're gonna put it together for an extended period of time. So I think we're gonna see glimpses of it. And I think they're gonna be that team that we get excited for for a week because they're they win four out or like five out seven and they're looking good and
0: then they'll lose four out seven. So I don't like their schedule coming up either. They have the Tigers for three, but then they have the Rays for four in Tampa. Yeah. And they have the Angels for four, and they have the Twins for three. And then they, they're they on the road for three in Milwaukee, and then they're back in Baltimore toward the end of the month. I don't love that schedule, Powder. I don't. Nope. Like, the only way to to right the wrong is to sweep the Tigers. That's the only way. And then if you can miraculously split the Tampa series, then you at least can, you know, you're treading above water here. But that Pittsburgh series really took you back from the vibes of taking two out of three, stealing game two of that Baltimore series, winning the series. Because don't forget, last year, the Red Sox didn't win an ALE series until August. And now you're going to give us this crap? Yep. I, I don't know how to be optimistic right now. I mean, looking ahead, the, the good thing, and I'm just going to make sure I have this correct, for the Red Sox probable pitchers coming up, I think Sale's starting on Thursday afternoon, if I'm not mistaken, which he is. And then Tanner Houck's pitching on Saturday, and they have that weird off day Friday, which I hate that weird off day in the beginning of the season. It's just yeah. so dumb. And then they're playing on Easter Sunday, With Cutter Crawford on the mound after he got tattooed by the Pirates. And that emphasizes you need Brian Baio back, you need Garrett Whitlock back, and you need James Paxton in there. But even those guys, it's like, what is this rotation? The rotation's what drives me nuts. Not being able to get through five-plus innings. What was it? Like three innings, three-plus? two plus like you you can't win games like that you have to go deep into ball games
1: no and that adds up after a while especially in the beginning of the year if your starters aren't going five six innings and not and you're using relievers day after day after day after day they're not gonna be in shape they're they're not gonna be good at the end of the year and if somehow you find yourself in at all in any way shape form for a playoff contention but your relievers are starting to be dead it's not good
0: it's not because you're going to burn arms and then the arms that are good are going to get used up mm. like the chris martins like the john schreiber's like the kenley Jansons, and then you're gonna before you know it you're gonna have ryan brazier closing games and you don't want that but if you play consistently, play good defense, timely hitting, and good pitching, you will win a lot of games. And that's what this Red Sox team needs to learn. So it's early. It's only six games. But so far, yeesh, no, not no. good. Give me that Kermit the Frog uh, picture where he's just like, he puts his his teeth, his teeth mouth together. He's like, yeesh. Yeah. That's how I feel about this team right now. One team I don't feel that way about though right now powder is the boston celtics and we're gonna we're gonna transition into the celtics did you have any final red sox thoughts before we get into a little celtics no
1: i think we got it
0: okay so i wanted i wanted to break this up and, and i know powder i think we can agree that i'm more of like the the celtics die hard of the yep. two of us and i don't mean that in a bad way obviously but you know just following the celtics and everything so the, right now, the Celtics, as they stand, as we're recording, they're actually going to be playing the Toronto Raptors. So hopefully they win that game before they play them again on Friday. So the Celtics are 54-25. and 25. They have three games left in the regular season before they take on whoever they, they're facing in the first round of the playoffs. So in the first round of the playoffs, it's either going to be the Miami Heat or the Brooklyn Nets. That's who you're playing in round one. And I wrote an article on fan sided today, Chatter and Champions, shameless plug. Go check out those articles. Please give me a click, give me a like. Mm -hmm. If the Celtics get the two seed, which it looks like they're gonna get powder, they're gonna get the two seed in the East. I'm okay with that. Because if you look at the matchups, right? You're gonna get Miami, you're gonna get Brooklyn. I know with Brooklyn, you blew the 28-point lead, but they don't have star power. They don't have Kevin Durant anymore, they don't have Kyrie Irving anymore. Like you you should be able to, with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown taking over a series, you should be able to beat Brooklyn. But the more likely series is going to be Miami, and Miami's had a big drop off since last year. The Celtics have proven they can beat the Heat in a grueling seven game series. And I used that exact wording in my article. Grueling seven game series last year, in Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. If Rob Williams is healthy, he can take care of Bam out of bio and make sure that he's contained. And then you just got to worry that Jimmy Butler is not going to go crazy in the fourth quarter and steal four games from you, which I don't think they're going to do. Then in the second round, you know who they get in the second round, Powder? Let me... Could be like Philly? Would be It, ph- would, it would be Philly. Because Philly, the thing is the Celtics own the regular season series. They played Philly four times. They beat them three out of four times. So even in a tiebreaker, the Celtics would get the tiebreaker. So they... Are going. So they're going to get the Celtics going to get the two seed. Sixers are going to get the three seed. Sixers are probably going to play Brooklyn or if Miami can sneak up there, they're going to play Miami in the first round, one of those two teams. And then if all shakes out, the Celtics would play the 76ers. The Bucs, I believe, would play Cleveland if if Cleveland won their series against the Knicks. Yeah. So if you get that matchup with Philly, you know what type of team they have. You know Joel Embiid's the guy to stop and and take care of everybody else. Let Embiid get his 30 to 35, maybe even 40, shut everybody else down. You should be able to take care of that, no problem. The only win that the Sixers had this year, Powder, was the last game they played, which was actually on, Tuesday night. Yeah, on Tuesday night, where the Sixers won by two with no Rob Williams, no Jalen Brown. Oh, and by the way, Joel Embiid that game, yeah, he went off for 52 that game. Yeah. And they won by two. So Joel Embiid went crazy, and the Sixers barely beat the Celtics with two starters out. I'm not worried about Philly. You should be able to win that series in, at the most, six games. It should be taken care of in five.
1: Yeah.
0: So Joel Embiid will probably win you one game. Then that gets you to the Eastern Conference Finals. Then you got Milwaukee. In other years, powder, I would say you have to worry. But this year, Celtics won two out of three matchups against the Bucs. The one matchup they lost was in overtime on the road when you were down four starters. The only starter that played that night was Derek White. And you still probably should have won the game and could have won the game, but you lost in overtime. Again, Giannis had to go crazy, and you got taken to overtime against all the Milwaukee starters, by the way. who were fully healthy that game. When the Celtics were fully healthy, <laughs> what, a 25-point win on Christmas and a 41-point win on the road when both teams were fully healthy? Come on.
1: That, that game, what was it, last week or whatever? One
0: forty ninety oh, nine. 99 Oh, it was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It was last Thursday, so it yeah. was March 30th. Crazy. That's your road in the east right now if you're the two seed. The Celtics can win in Milwaukee. So you steal one of two games in those first two games against Milwaukee. You take one of them, then take care of your business at the Garden, and then you're going back to the finals. Yep. And the finals, I'll take my chances against anybody except the Golden State Warriors. I do not want to see the Warriors back in the finals because they've been there. They've done it so many times before. I don't need them hoisting another trophy.
1: Yep. So Hopefully, any them being, I... hopefully the Warriors being a lower seed this year makes their road a little tougher. Oh.
0: It will definitely make it tougher, but, but I think last year they were like a a four seed or something like that. They weren't a really like high, high seed, but even so this year, they're going to be actually, I'm going to check, I'm going to check the stand right now.
1: They're, they're half game above um, the Clippers and the Lakers for the six and seven seed. So they're, if they can't finish the season off with some wins, if they lose a couple games in the year, they could end up in the play in series
0: okay yeah i'm looking at only a
1: half game above the play in series
0: they are no that's true and they have two games left golden state is playing the kings on the road which is a tough game and then the trailblazers on the road which is a little easier game so they if they lose that king's game that could be that could be some big ramifications i'm looking at the Clippers schedule the lakers and clippers play each other Yep. So one team's going to get a loss. Then the Clippers play the trailblazers and then they end the season with the suns in Phoenix. So that's, that's a little tough. Mm-hmm. Then the Lakers are playing the Clippers they are playing the suns at home and then they're playing the jazz at home. So I think the Lakers have a chance to seriously get that five seed, which is yeah. scary. But again, you know, I'll, I'll take my chances against just about anybody in the West, except the Warriors, even the suns with Katie. I will take my chances.
1: Because the Celtics have proven they can beat KD in the playoffs last year.
0: Correct. With Kyrie Irving. With good talent. And I'm looking through the West right now. The Celtics (laughs) handled the Grizzlies. They've handled the Kings every time they played them. The Nuggets, there was one game the Celtics struggled, but they've proven in years past that they can handle Jokic and that team. They can handle the Suns. They can handle the Clippers. They've beaten the Lakers. And they can handle handle any team in the West. Yeah. You get by Milwaukee, which I think you can do. If you get out, get out of the first round, get out of the second round. long as you get by Milwaukee, there's no reason this team should not at least be playing in the finals again this year. Yep. But you have to execute, and that's the big thing. But any, any thoughts that you wanted to kind of get in? I know I, I rambled on there, but.
1: No, like you said, you're kind of the Celtics guy, and I think you nailed everything right on the head.
0: Thanks, Powder. You're welcome. Appreciate you. All right. So Celtics, I can't wait for the playoff run. When we get the first round matchup next week, we'll kind of break it down a little more in detail. So now, Powder, we have Bruins and we have Patriots. What do you want to talk about next?
1: Let's go Patriots. Let's talk about some
0: rumors. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors going on in uh, the land of Foxborough. And that involves one um, evil mastermind that is Bill Belichick. And who was supposed to be the supposed to be, was supposed to be, I want that clear, the young protege in Mac Jones. But there were mixed reports that came out. I think Mike Florio came out and said that Bill Belichick was looking to shop Mac Jones this offseason. And four of the teams that were looked into were the Bucks, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Commanders. Those were the four teams that Florio mentioned. But then you had other reports, I think it was Mark Daniels of the Providence Journal that said there were multiple sources out there. And I think Andrew Callahan actually, last week's Legends Lingo guest, Andrew Callahan, also, I believe, said that he heard mixed reviews that, you know, executives were saying, this is news to us. Like, we never heard this.
1: Yeah. Andrew Callahan's tweet from 1035 today, right? Today's the fourth, right?
0: Today is the fifth.
1: So, yes, So one tweet is said that the report is nonsense. One team source called the report nonsense.
0: Okay, so there you go. So it's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. So here's the thing, right? Like I'm I'm looking at this report powder, right? And I'm looking at the teams that were rumored to have been getting Mac Jones shot to them potentially, right? Yep. The Buccaneers went with Baker Mayfield, and they're looking like they're going to rebuild with the Tom Brady retirement. He, he'd probably come back. Who knows? But um, So there's that. And then the Raiders signed Jimmy Garoppolo, and they signed Brian Hoyer, actually. I don't know if you saw this powder, but they got Brian Hoyer on a two-year deal to be the backup. Oh, I did not see that. They're, they're just creating Patriots West. That's what Josh McDaniels is doing. Yep. You have the Texans that have Davis mills and they're going to draft a quarterback. They're probably going to take Stroud from uh, Ohio state in the draft. Mm -hmm. Then you have the commanders who they're going to ride with Sam Howell. like that's the guy that they're going to go with. So why, why are you supposedly shopping around Mac Jones when he did well, his rookie year, you put him in a bad position His second year, like, yes, I understand that there were some throws he missed. He misread some coverages. Of course, every quarterback does it. I get that. And Mac Jones is guilty when he's done it. But I truthfully would like to see some of these other quarterbacks in that situation in New England and tell me how they would handle being in that type of offense. Like, it's going to get frustrating. It's going to get aggravating. And I say this all the time, but the people that are arguing for Bailey Zappi they literally changed offenses. Like they weren't going to give Bailey Zappi the offense that Mac Jones is running because it's more complicated. That's why they made it simple for for Bailey Zappi. Simple reads. That's why the results were there. And I keep saying this all the time, Powder, and it's so true. If Bailey Zappi struggled in those starts, this wouldn't even be a conversation. Oh yeah, hundred percent. This would be. This would just be all right. Going in with Mac, there's no qualms about it. Like, if you want to argue for Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson being here in New England, fine. That's a legitimate argument to make. Lamar Jackson's a very good quarterback. He's a top quarterback. So fine. You want to make that argument? I'm good with that. Bailey Zappi is a fine backup. That's what he is. He's a good backup. And guess what? I've also said this, Powder. If you have Mac Jones struggle in year three, move on from him. That's fine. Give him that third year. And then if he struggles, okay, two out of three years, he didn't do really well. Nobody knew him his rookie year. That's why he excelled. So get rid of him. Fine. And then start zapping in 2024. I'm good with that. Yeah. But give the kid one more year with a competent OC and decent weapons and not throwing a screen every player, you know, just like, or, you know, a five yard slant or whatever. Open up the offense a little bit. See what he can do. He's known for his accuracy. Get some timing routes and get them going. Yep. Your thoughts on just all this Mac Jones stuff and what you want to see in 2023.
1: It just, it's one thing I hate about the Boston media is like, there's always something going on. They always have to have a story. Always this and it. I, I don't like, I don't know. I would, I would hate to play in new England or in Boston. Cause it's just like, You want your fans to be behind you. And I think Mac Jones, like you said, given the right coordinator, given the right weapons, he could be a very good QB that can win you a lot of games. I think he is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But the thing is, is the reason the 49ers are always good and Jimmy Garoppolo made a Super Bowl was because they put weapons around him, gave him good coaches around him. Mac Jones could be the same exact thing if, and like I said, I think even better if you give him the weapons to win. If you give him stuff to succeed, yes. And it sucks that the Boston media is so negative all the Mm -hmm. time about. Doesn't matter who it is, but if if they feel like being negative, they and I can only imagine what. Hopefully, Mac Jones just doesn't listen to this. He's and he doesn't let it bother him, but it sucks to be him because i want to ride with mac jones if he i want to give him like you said this third year with a good offensive coordinator with some weapons and see what he can do like you said he fails then okay get rid of him get a new quarterback start over but if he succeeds then hopefully it shuts a lot of people up
0: mm-hmm. you want to hear what tony maserati just said about mac jones i can only imagine Tony Maserati said Mac Jones is a Gen Z who thinks he invented the game. What does that mean? I don't know. Like, is he saying he's spoiled? Is he saying that he's a know-it-all? Because that's what I get out of it. I think like a know-it-all, but I feel like Mac Jones doesn't act like that. Well, you know why people are saying that is because there's the rumors that he was talking to like Alabama coaches and stuff like that, you know, for help with the offense. And that's what got Bill really mad. But the thing is, then look what you did the first move of the offseason. You brought the Alabama offensive coordinator back to New England. Yep. Who was here before. So, I mean, I don't find that to be a coincidence. One, because I know it's familiarity, and that's the Patriot way, bring back familiar coaches. I understand that. But at the same time, why wouldn't they have hired, like, why wouldn't they have promoted Nick Cayley? Why wouldn't they have just kept Matt Patricia? Yeah. They wanted things to be familiar. Like, they brought, they brought back Bill O'Brien, and I do really believe – In my brain, that part of the reason is because Mac Jones went to Alabama, Bill O'Brien coached at Alabama. There's some similar tendencies, similar mindsets, so they can succeed together. That's what I think. And to make up this nonsense is just crazy to me. Absolutely insane. So bad. It's very bad. There's no need to do it. And we're talking about weapons, so so let's transition. Unless anything else with Mac Jones, or are you okay to transition? No, I'm good. Okay, so let's transition then. DeAndre Hopkins, a, a weapon that would come in here and help big time. Supposedly, there's reports out there that say the Arizona Cardinals might be willing to just release DeAndre Hopkins outright. And apparently the only way the Patriots would even consider making a move is if they didn't have to give up any draft compensation. I mean, am I missing something here, Powder? Let them release him. Go sign him. I mean, if I'm the Patriots, right, I'm looking at it logistically. The Chiefs have no salary cap. So they they would have to get Hopkins on a significant pay cut. He's not going to do that. Yeah. The Giants are a dark horse team that I feel like could make a move. The Ravens don't have a lot of cap space. So if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm saying to myself, listen, DeAndre, You know how much I love you. We can make it work here in New England. Let's restructure your deal a little bit. You'll have a chance to win, be the number one receiver. You'll get, you'll be featured in the offense. Like there, there's not a better fit here. Like you could give DeAndre Hopkins and I'm just, I'm trying to think of a reasonable NFL contract. I don't know what a reasonable NFL contract for a wide receiver would be, but like, let's just say it was four for like, and I'm just going to make it easy. Let's say it was four for 80. And yep. you backload the last two years of the deal. Make it incentive based if you want to. Like give a base salary of like seven, eight million and then 12 million in incentives. Again, I'm not familiar really with how the NFL contracts work. I know that there can be a lot of incentives if guys make the Pro Bowl, if they get a certain amount of receiving yards, yada, yada, yada. But try to make one of those types of deals because you need a receiver. Now I know that the Patriots have been very busy. They talked to that. Ohio State, um, Ohio State wide receiver. I'm gonna say his name, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I made sure to say that right.
1: <laughs>
0: Better you than me. Yes. And I, I listened to literally a YouTube video of it, powdered, to make sure that I said mm. it right. So you have <clears throat> excuse me, you have JSN that's coming, that's coming, and you know, talking with the Patriots, Zay Flowers from BC talking with the Patriots. So this is what I'm gonna say. If you're not gonna sign Hopkins. You better hit in the draft on one of these receivers. Oh, yeah. And you better, you better draft someone at 14 that's going to come in and make a difference. Yep. Not a number two guy, not a number three guy, a guy that can develop into a number one, just like Jamar Chase did with the Bengals, just like AJ Brown did with the Titans before he went to the Eagles. Instances like that, just like DK Metcalf getting drafted by the Seahawks and turning into a number one. He wasn't yep. a first round pick, but still, you know, that's what he turned into. So I think we're both in agreement. Like if you can go get Hopkins, why not go get Hopkins? Oh yeah. But if you want if he wants a ridiculous deal, then, then you can say, All right, sorry, DeAndre, we love you, but not that much.
1: Yeah. But if he if he's reasonable saying, I want to play for the Patriots, and he gives you a deal that is good. Like obviously he deserves to get paid what he's worth. But yep. if like you said, if it's not crazy,
0: go get him. You have to because you need you need one more piece in that offense. Mm-hmm. One more piece, you can get that number one receiver. You got the two tight ends with Hunter Henry and Mike uh, jasiki Then imagine a receiver room if Hopkins comes in there with Hopkins, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and Tyquan Thornton. You like might that. even have to get rid of someone. You might probably trade Kendrick Bourne in that scenario. Yep. And even if you trade Kendrick Bourne. You're telling me you would be you wouldn't be okay with four receivers of Hopkins, Juju, Devontae Parker, and Tyquan Thornton?
1: Oh, I would. I would like that. I I think that could win.
0: I think it can too, because it's speed. You have sp- plenty of speed. You have guys that can create separation. You have guys that can make yards after the catch. In Juju, you have the Devontae Parker that can win the one-on-one battles, especially on the outside, and then Thornton if he can, you know, get off. Um, corners and DBs and everything quick and not get jammed up at the line of scrimmage he can create separation and that can create an aerial attack where you can yeah. actually throw the ball deep and one thing that nobody talks about powder the Patriots hired a good offensive line coach and Adrian Clem and if the line can figure it out and give Mac Jones time yeah, then do it that's why and, and I hate that I was one of these fans before but now I, I've reflected on it that's part of the reason that Cam Newton wasn't good here was because he had no time to throw. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Now, granted, when he had time to throw, a lot of his throws were short for the most part, but he didn't have the time to throw either. And he was left with the worst roster, I think, than Mac Jones. And, and I, I wish that I saw that a couple of years ago. But again, I digress. You need to make sure that you have Mac Jones protected. You need to make sure that you get the weapons around him because he can be very good. You just got to put something decent with him. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins could be that piece because it, it sounds like the Jerry Judy thing is starting to kind of die down. looks like Jerry Judy's going to stay with the Broncos, especially with Sean Payton coming in there for his first year. So if that's the case, he hops the guy. Mm-hmm. All right, before we get into the Bruins powder, why don't you talk to us about our good friends at A&B Kitchen and Bar?
1: Yep. Like I say, every week, Legends Lingo is graciously sponsored by A&B Kitchen and Bar. A&B Kitchen Bar is located in Boston, Massachusetts, right across the street from TD Garden. So the Celtics and Bruins, they're both heading hopefully to a deep playoff run right now. And if you want to get um food and drinks before a game AB Kitchen Bar is where you should go. They have the best atmosphere. They have seven or eight TVs all around the all around the restaurant to cat to watch the game. Um, you get that food, you walk right across the street, you're right in the TD garden. Or maybe you can't can't get tickets because tickets are already sold out for some playoff series. But you want the atmosphere right at the garden. Like I say, A&B Kitchen Bar, they have fresh food, they have meatloaf, they have pasta, they have fish and chips, they have the best burgers I've ever had. They have great drinks. Any kind of drink you want, they'll have um, any wine, they have. So, hey, if you head over to A&B Kitchen and Bar, make sure you tell them the Legends Lingo Boys sent you.
0: Shout out to our friends at A&B Kitchen and Bar, both in Boston, Massachusetts, and Beverly, Massachusetts. I could go for a good burger right now. That meatloaf actually sounds pretty good, too. Yeah. Not going to lie. Good meatloaf hit the spot really, really well. It does. But again, great drinks, great food, better atmosphere, especially with two championship-caliber teams going at it. Oh, yeah. Why not get in there and do your thing? and be Kitchen. We'll check it out. All right. Bruins is what we're going to end with. So right now, the Bruins... I mean, Powder, they just they keep on winning. Ugh. They just can't stop winning, It. it's great. So the Boston Bruins right now are 60, 12, and 5. 60 wins, 60 regulation wins, 12 regulation losses, five overtime losses. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And the only thing I really wanted to talk about, so they have five games left, so similar to the Bruins, their playoff run is going to start very, very soon. Yeah. For the Bruins' end of the regular season, they are home against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday night. They are home against the New Jersey Devils on Saturday night. In Philadelphia, to take on the Flyers Sunday night. At home against the Washington Capitals Tuesday night. And on the road in Montreal, take on the Canadians on April 13th, which is next Thursday. So, Potter, I'm just... I, there's one question that I have, and, and I'm kind of pondering it. Do the Bruins go for the record of most points in a regular season, do they play for that and kind of continue to play so that way they have the momentum for the playoffs? Or does Jim Montgomery kind of sit back and say, you know what, a guy like Patrice Bergeron could probably use a game off. A guy like Brad Marchand, give him a game off. David Krejci, give him a game off. What is your philosophy and what is your mindset if you're Jim Montgomery right now?
1: I honestly think with the age of the stars on the Bruins, I think you try and rest them, but I think you rest them strategically. I think I think, even though they won't let on that they care about records, they're humans. They want records. They want their names to be that team that had the most points ever in one season and all that stuff. So I can honestly, I think he's going to rest them, but I think he's going to be smart. Well, rest them means smart, meaning like he's going to try and win games but rest guys, maybe give Patrice Bergeron one game off, and then Krejci a different game off, and Marchand like, like kind of do it smartly where he's still putting his team in best position to win, but also giving the guys who are older who need the rest before the playoffs um, time to rest because you don't want to go into playoffs kind of lagging a little bit. So I think, like I said, I think he's gonna be smart with the way he rests people, but I do see him resting people.
0: <clears throat> me looking at this schedule, right? I do think, I, I think that for the Maple Leafs game and for the Devils game, I think that they're going to play to win. And I think yeah. they're going to have everyone play. I think that flyers game in Philadelphia on a back to back. I think that's going to be a game where we're going to see like, excuse me, Marshan. That's going to be out Bergeron. That'll be out. Crachy That'll be out. And don't forget. This is a team powder that's adding Taylor Hall back into the mix. He was back skating in practice. That's a name that I forgot about for a little bit. Then I saw him like, oh, yeah, Taylor Hall's on this team. And they're adding a guy that was an MVP player back to your third line, which, by the way, got upgraded with a guy like Garnett Hathaway in the Capitals trade and a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi in the Red Wings trade. So there's a lot of depth powder, and that's the best part about it. And I think it was, I think the Bruins, even Jim Montgomery said, defensively, they have an extra defenseman so they can just switch out, you know, game in and game out. You no, know, Dmitry Orlov needs a rest. Go for it. If uh, Zaboro needs a rest, go for it. If Charlie McAvoy needed a rest. Give him a night off. Keep guys fresh for the playoffs. Keep their legs fresh. There's only five games left. I would rather them, truthfully, Powder, just because of I'm a big believer in momentum, I'd rather them win, like, for their next five, win the last couple games, ride into the playoffs with a couple wins, and then make sure that they're ready to go for the first round. I agree. So uh, it sounds like we're kind of in agreement. Make sure that they're being smart, but if you can go for the record, go for the record. Yeah, exactly. Sound about right? Yep. Okay. Anything else we want to talk about before we head out for the week? No, I think that's good. All right. So just to kind of recap, Red Sox started the season sucks. The Boston media sucks because of Bill Belichick supposedly wanted to trade Mac Jones and they should get DeAndre Hopkins now, but who knows if that's going to happen. The Celtics saying the two seed is a good thing. Yeah. And the Bruins should go for the record, but strategically rest guys and get them ready for a cup run. It's going to be a fun next couple months, especially since the Red Sox are going to be terrible. Well, at least we'll have the Bruins and the Celtics to watch. Yep. <clears throat> As always, make sure to rate and subscribe to the Legends Lingo Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Anchor, and everywhere else where you can get your podcasts on a platform. Again, follow us on Twitter, at Lingo Legends. Try to get a little more active. I know we've been a little kind of lax about that, but we're going to try to get back into the swing of things, especially with the playoffs going on. Make sure to follow Powder on Twitter, at Powder42308. Yep. Correct. And then me... Alan Hegan at Big Al 2793 Make sure to follow Student Union Sports 2 on Twitter and everywhere else at Student Union Sports. S-U-S Sports, maybe. S-U-S Sports, I don't know if that's the case. If I messed that up, Liam, I'm sorry. Mm. But anyways, we'll be back next week. Another episode going to be coming. We'll know who the Celtics are playing in the first round of the playoffs. Probably going to know who the Bruins are playing in the first round of the playoffs. Maybe the Red Sox will be above 500. Maybe we'll hear some news about the Patriots. For Tom Powder Cadmus, the ever-handsome, ever-short-haired Tom Powder Cadmus. <laughs> I'm your host, Alan Hegan. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 217.
1: Yes, sir.